Welcome to Tech Junior. My name is Lee Work Junior. I'm a full stack JavaScript developer. I have with me, as always, Eddie. Hey, it's Eddie. I'm a front end developer. <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, we've got Marco Markovich, if I said that correctly. Uh, welcome to the show, Marco. And feel yeah, free to was, introduce yourself. That was correct. Hi, uh, I'm Marco Markovich. Other people know me as maybe Back and Bear from the Back and Bear podcast. I'm a senior software engineer slash team lead, and and a musician, wannabe musician, but <laughs> trying to be a musician. <laughs> so, us too. So, what do you yeah. play, Marco? I play yeah, guitar. I Eddie plays what? Bass and guitar. Bass. Yeah. So I play bass and guitar as well, and I'm the vocalist. So, but in the band where I play, I, I'm I'm a bassist and vocalist. So I try to do both. Oh, that's cool. So you're playing in a band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's do, named. You guys do shows. Yeah, we just had a show recently on, I think, the 20th of February in Tampa, because the band is mostly from Tampa, so I, I travel uh, okay. there on the weekends. But uh, we played a local show there. We opened up for Tune in the Calpine, which is a big name like in the instrumental music from the 80s. But we play like Cookie Monster, Yar Yar Metal <laughs> Like screaming at so we're kind of, okay. well, it was like cooking, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, okay. But uh, <laughs> but um, no, it was it was a, it was a good show. We had fun. We made a lot of friends, and it's something that I like to do. Like whenever I'm not programming or cracking the web, like with my team. <laughs> but you know, I like to vent out as well. And so music is kind of my my thing. Yeah, That's music cool. is a is a pretty good outlet for um, uh, creativity and stress relief, and just kind of like getting away from the keyboard for a while. Uh, so yeah. I, I know that I like to play and kind of you know pick up the guitar whenever I'm thinking about something or if I just need to like take a break. So uh, it's it's a good habit to have. Uh, yeah. But you mentioned uh, another thing, which was uh, being kind of this code review monster and back and bare and very scary. So that's what we wanted to have you on the show today. Cracking um, the whip. Yeah. Cracking the whip. Um, <laughs> because you are a team lead and you've had to, as you've you know mentioned offline, uh, you've had some struggles with um, doing code reviews and, and mentoring junior developers. So um, we're really excited to, to hear your opinion on that. So maybe if you can start off just telling the audience, what is a code review? Code review, um, easiest way to put it is, you know, being judged <laughs> how bad your code is. But no, uh, jokes aside, it's just uh, checking if your code is up to standards or, you know, what is the industry standards or what is the company standards. And based on that, I give my feedback to you and you need to make certain changes uh, coming back and forth. And it's a uh, team effort in a way that's the easiest way to put it so uh, a lot of people think clean code is something that it's bad or it's you know just another thing you have to do but it's team effort we'll find out more like what as, as the episode goes but yeah it's not uh it's not th something to be scared of so i'll uh, i'll throw out my perspective on this as a junior developer or former junior developer, whoever you're asking, um, you come mm -hmm. to a company, you're a, you're a new person. Uh, you maybe do some tutorial stuff for a little bit or look at the code base for a little while. And then you get your first ticket and you do some code, you make a pull request, you kind of sweat through working with Git, and finally get that pull request in. 
and then it doesn't get merged in. It sits in review. And the review phase is somebody like Marco sits down and looks at it and goes, what the heck did Lee write? What is this nonsense? <laughs> and then like, Marco has to sit down on a call or in person with me and say, so Lee, can you explain line 10? <laughs> or Lee, why did you name this variable banana meatloaf four or something like that? <laughs> and then I have to go, man, Marco hates me. He hates my guts. <laughs> he thinks I'm worthless. <laughs> and then there's imposter syndrome and all kinds of bad feelings about it. So it's yeah. kind of a, a touchy subject. Uh, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it is. And but it's not you know, it, it shouldn't be scary. It shouldn't be taken personal and shouldn't be that I hate you uh, like reason, you know. <laughs> hearing me scream from the other side of the office, "Lee, get over here." You know, stuff like that. No, it's not not how we do things. It's not how you should be doing things, right? Right. They're yeah. different like I I've been in a lot of companies and you know, I had a lot of experience like almost 10 years now. And um the, every team that I worked on had a different set of rules. So let's get that out of out of the way first, because wherever you work, wherever you start working, there are going to be certain rules that you need to pick up. This is how we do our code bases. This is how we like to name our variables. This is how we like to do functions and stuff like that. So it's kind of a certain set of rules. And, you know, I... I didn't agree when I started. I was the same hot-headed thing, right? I didn't agree with some of the rules, and I took it personally. But after a while, like I figured out that it's not uh, even the you know the other developer. Maybe the senior developer might agree with me, but there are other things going on in the code that kind of prevents you. So, or another was what I'm trying to say: clean code is not like a strict set of rules where you have to that you have to obey and that you have to do it a certain way it, it's just a guide it's a tool how to build our systems and then your business logic and everything comes in how you're addressing that and how you're building for that business need you might be forced to cut corners here and there. So not every code is perfect and not every code will be perfect. But the point of why there are rules and why is it so strict uh, is because it's teamwork. And let me explain this because if I tell you to name variables a certain way and all of us are doing it the same way, then I can throw you and say like, Lee, go work on the other module, which you never touched in your life and you never coded there. But as soon as you get in, you would be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. This is the same setup that I had before and this is the way it work. And that's the point of clean code that I, that you can do, you can jump into other parts of the system and do that code. And that's the point of code reviews, having everything in sync. So, and architecturally, we cannot be purely clean, but we need to be as clean as possible or set a certain set of rules how how to develop things. Yeah, so no tangent, but that's <laughs> no, okay. I think that's uh, really I think good the way that this kind of manifests uh, from our side is uh, I know Eddie and I have talked about this a little bit, but uh, you name a variable or something, uh, and then in your code review, uh, you get a comment that's like, this should be is loading instead of loading or something like yeah. that. And you're like, man, come on, you know, 
at, at well, first you're like, this is kind of silly. But then as you kind of work in the industry and read a lot of code and, you know, it starts to make a lot of sense that you're, yeah, I do it in my own code now. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. now when I write code, now I'm doing it because I've gotten used to it and now it makes sense. But back then I was like writing kind of whatever and I would get a lot of comments on code reviews. So bear in mind that's it's a learning process for both of us. And by both of us, I mean like a senior and a junior developer as well. There are a lot of things that I picked up when I was a senior. Like in the beginning, I was like, oh, that is wrong. What, you know, it needs to be like this and stuff like that. And because of that, I kind of postured myself as a very scary person because I was just running around <laughs> like, but it took me a while also to realize like, okay, you can't be uh, like that. You cannot, you know, you cannot jump on people and tell them they're wrong and stuff like that. So there is a certain approach that you need to take when you're doing the code reviews. And I personally like to do it more in person, personally in person, but I like to do it more <laughs> in person because, um, you know, you can see my emotion. You can, you know, when you read a line of text, what is this? You might assume that it's saying like in some negative tone or negative connotation. And, also, what I learned is I need to keep an open mind when I'm doing like code reviews. So when I sit down with you and first of all, when I run, when my code smell senses start tangling, I sit down <laughs> with you, I sit down with you, but even so, like I'm not screaming and shouting and everything. I just want to see your train of thought first, how you came up with that and why did you come up with that? particular i don't know is it like the way you structured your code or the way you name your variables i just wanted to understand what exactly you wanted to do there and how you did it maybe there's something that i'm missing that that you're right right because when you're doing code reviews you're not completely into it you see on the outside a bit what's going on but you're not into it but there are also like bad examples where i have to intervene and like you know naming variables with one letter like you know yeah. Per, yeah, per, yeah person p equals person something and then you know starts going off and then you're scrolling down like hundreds of lines and then you run into p and you're like what is p and then you have to scroll back up right <laughs> and figure out what the p is because you don't know so and your eyesight is like going up and down up and down so that's also point one of the points of the code reviews where where when you're reading code you should read it like a newspaper from top to bottom. You shouldn't jump like up and down, up and down, you know, scrolling up and back up because you're losing track of what's going on. You know, and, and there's even recently I got a task of a really old code base and no one in the company knew what's going on inside. It's like magical unicorns that are run around and <laughs> make that code work. How that works, no one knew, right? So I, I was tasked of digging in and adding a feature, but I don't, when I went to the code base, and this was the worst code base I've ever seen. I'm not naming names and stuff like that, but it was just bad. And there's, but I learned a lot from it. I learned a lot of the, uh, a lot of the rule, not rules, but a lot of the things that I needed to change in order to clean that code base up. And the first of all, and every time I start doing like a cleanup like that, or I, I'm doing a code review, my first thing that I jumped on is the naming. And 
specifically, I, I need to know exactly what that variable is. I want a clean variable name. Like if it's a person, it's a person, you know, person dot name, person dot last name and stuff like that. And that's the first thing I, I jump on. And if the naming is just out of whack right from the start, I give the code back. Because also, you have to take into mind that I'm a senior developer. I'm working on my own stuff at the same time. I'm programming my own code. I'm managing the three, four more developers at the same time. So it takes me, at least personally, it takes me some time to get into the mindset when I'm reading your code. Because I just get into it and try to decompose what's going on inside like how you're doing things and try to get into your flow everyone has their own flow the way they're solving a problem and you kind of get accustomed to it so it takes me a while to get into the mindset so if the variable variable names are throwing me off right from the start it's it saves me time to just say like okay fix this first so then i can take a look at it right and there are so many things that i did in that code base that i was changing that uh, there's going to be basically an entire episode podcast, just me talking mm -hmm. about the things that mistakes that other developers make, at least in my opinion. And one of them and the main one of them is naming. And believe it or not, naming kind of solves like 80% of all the, all the code clean stuff. So just yeah. by naming. I so, have a, oh. No, go ahead, Eddie. What do you All got? Right. I was just going to ask. Um, so if you have a junior coming in new on your project, is there like a style guide or something like that you guys talk about or go over so they know how to approach or like naming something or anything like that? Yes. So okay. you should, every company should have some kind of a styling, go, uh, styling guide or the way to write the code, name the variables. Personally, I like naming my variables with, private variables with underscore public variables with a capital and stuff like that. So I have my own certain set of rules that yes, I'm a senior, so I can call the shots in that way. <laughs> but, um, but that's what I said. So every team is different the way they're defined. And then also like programming language, which you're developing in also defines some of the naming variables. There's differences between Java and C sharp and uh, JavaScript and uh, the way you write the way you write the code and even scripting languages like there's a certain way that you write this a lot of the principles apply don't get me wrong it's not like you know so different but it's just uh naming it's kind of always the same it needs to be descriptive it needs to be this and that you know functions and methods they need to be small they need to do one thing and one thing only so you can keep it as modular as possible you know, if you write methods that are like 2000 lines that's not good because you can probably you're probably reusing a lot of the code and repeating a lot of the sequences and that's also the key like so when you're just a tidbit for junior developers when you're writing your code just think of separating and splitting up the method into multiple methods and think of like this method needs to do one thing and one thing only and it makes the naming easier it makes developing it easier and makes it way cleaner you know, that you can go through it. Yeah. So uh, a couple of points from what you're saying. Um, if you're out there listening and you're like, man, Marco is like nitpicking code. Um, <laughs> just think back if you've ever written any code and maybe you did like a thousand lines of JavaScript or something 
on uh, some kind of web app or something. And then think about six months later or a year later, you go back and you look at that code and you're like, what is this spaghetti mess that, that this person <laughs> wrote? Oh, I wrote this. This is garbage. Uh, the whole code review process is preventing that. So you don't want uh, a code base where somebody comes into it and that somebody could be you, um, comes back to this file or feature or whatever, and they look at it and they go, what is this? Uh, I have no idea what's going on. So things like Marco mentioned, a single letter variable, or um, you have to scroll all over the place to find out what's going on. All that stuff is like added mental overhead uh, for you as the developer before you even get to making a feature or something. First, you've got to understand what's there, and then you have to build on top of that. So if understanding what's there is super difficult and takes forever, that's a problem. So that's why there's so much uh, gravitas around uh, code reviews so that when you write the code, it's set up for that in the first place. It's made to be maintainable and readable and all that good stuff. So I know exactly. that, a, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know mm-hmm. that a big uh, proponent of that is uh, Uncle Bob Martin, right? So uh, I believe he wrote Clean Code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Marco, what are uh, what are some of the clean code principles that are floating around? I know there's like Yagni yeah. and Dry and all this stuff. So this is cool. Yeah, there there's a lot of principles floating around, but uh, Uncle Bob's is the one I most gravitated to. I was most uh, had the most experience with, quote unquote. Let me put it like that, because when I started working in my first job, that the first thing they did in my first company and i loved them to death for that is that they handed me the clean code book and said read it from cover to cover then you will be able to check in code (laughs) so that was my that one that was my first task and i was like you know this cocky developer who was like out of school i got my master's degree i'm super awesome i'm the best ever right and then you realize how much you didn't know Mm -hmm. and that stuff you don't, don't learn it's cool right but yeah, some of the principles uh, uh, that I think I mentioned, like one of them is naming. That's the most important. The small methods methods should do one thing and one thing only. So if it's, let's say, add two numbers, it's adding two numbers and that's it. It's not adding two numbers, logging into AWS and checking picture images and <laughs> downloading <laughs> and decompressing files and then returns the sum of those two numbers. So that's... That's the two main ones, classes, if you're dealing with classes and creating classes, they should be like kind of object oriented and named like that. So it's like customer information or something like that, that it's not, it doesn't have uh, verbs in the name. So uh, the method names should have verbs, but now I'm going nitpicking and nitpicking. But I, like I said, 80%, 80% of clean code is based on I mean, with just the naming and just cleaning, the, compacting the methods, you're going to clean up the code base really fast and start learning. And that's, like I said before, like I was dealing with a really bad code base and no one knew about it. No one knew how it worked. I had to get in and by hand, like rewrite the entire, uh, it was a DLL library. So I had to rewrite the entire thing just to understand what's going on. So my commit is like, almost 100% of the code that I have. I'm not flexing. It's just like the only way for me to add the feature I had to rewrite. And that's losing a lot of resources as far as the company goes. So we also need to think, and that's point of the code reviews and clean code and all of that jazz, is that 
it costs company money to for you to rewrite the entire com or to deal with someone's spaghetti mess of the code. And if you have to deal with the spaghetti mess nonstop, that's wasteful for the company. It's way more, it's way better if you had a decent code base, clean code base. You, you're never going to have 100% clean code base. Let's get that over with. But well, if you have a decent code base, I can throw in a new developer and explain like, okay, this is the rules. This is how we do things. Uh, and this is how we check in. And then after a couple of reviews, they're already set. And fourth and fifth and sixth review, I'm bitching less and less of them. And they're doing better <laughs> and better. And that's true. Like, and, and, you know, that's the best feeling I had. Like, when two of the developers, I was, you know, being uh, <laughs> not nice to them. No, not nice. I mean, but I was reviewing their code and turning it back. And this, for one uh, one of the employees, I turned it back like 18 or 19 times. Oh, wow. In the, be in the beginning. But that's like, you know, because they change something then i know there's something else they, they change something then i know there's something else then they change something and until i'm kind of finally happy right but after like four or five tasks that they dealt with they already were like pros at it and then you know, i can find stuff to complain about which is good so they get into that mindset and then whoever else jumps into their code when i understand because it's built on the same rules so and the code reviews, like I said, it doesn't have to be clean code rules. It can be any rules as long as it's consistent rules so that the cogs in the machine can keep on going. So you can grab in new developers because you know, companies change a lot of developers. I mean, their turnover is great in some companies. So you're constantly training new employees and getting them into the new system as the old ones are leaving. So the better kind of code base you have, the better. And that's kind of my my perspective. So from the senior perspective, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, code reviews to you, it might seem wasteful or hurtful or something like that, but you need to think of it as a team effort because we're like, the less we have problems with the code base, the less resources it costs us later down the road when something comes up and we all all of us want to build, build a code base that will last years decades so and i'm working with the code base that's like 25 years old so there are some stuff there that that you know yes so yes they are cringy but you have to take it into account that it was built like 20 years ago so at the time the clean code wasn't as prominent as it was today right so and the rules weren't forced and then the people were still discovering how you know what are the coding rules and stuff like that and then even the technology at the time so internet was coming up in the 90s and uh so that's even more than 20 years ago so 30 years ago okay wow. old. <laughs> that is an old code base that's but yeah, all of a sudden you, heard of a in web development but you get the point well it's a uh, on-prem application that was moved to the cloud so you okay have to yeah, you have to untangle a lot of stuff and then move that to the cloud and create an architecture. But yeah, so there's a lot of history there and going on. And a lot of companies are like that. So there's a lot of history back and forth, people going in and out and stuff like that. And we want to build a system that will last. So there was one thing that you said uh, kind of early on in that where you were talking about sending code back uh, in a review like 19 times or something. Um, personally, like I've done... 
maybe five or six times in a code review. And by like the fourth or fifth time, I'm like losing my mind. I'm like, <laughs> why don't you just tell me what you want me to do up front? <laughs> like, well, that's, Oh, change that, this variable, change that variable. Uh, Oh, Hey, can you rewrite this from one array method to another array method or whatever? And I'm like, wow, man, like, can we just, just tell me everything that you want? Give me this knock list and I'll go and I'll do all of it and turn it in and we'll be good. But the back and forth like makes me insane. So I, I would love to hear your perspective on that Same as a senior here. developer. So the the thing is how you do it, right? So it's, <laughs> so it's not like I sit now next to you and like fix this, fix that, fix this, fix that, right? I'm I'm expecting from you like when I tell you fix this, I'm expecting a question why, and I want to. That's why I said like I want to pick your brain. I want to see where your train of thought is and why is it because also with. I want to learn something from you as well, because there's a lot of things to be learned also from junior developers as well. So I need to to get into your mindset and understand what your perspective is. And I sit down with you, then you explain your train of thought, but then I counteract your train of thought with an example that would prove you wrong. And it's like, this is what I picked up like at my university is because uh, at math classes usually is that it's way easier for you to prove a theorem wrong than it is to prove it right. And what do I mean by that? It's way easier to find one example where that wouldn't work. So then that's how I bring back and forth. So I'm trying with the code review, I'm trying to make it a learning experience for you as well to try to think like that, to, to think like three steps ahead. And, uh, that's why, like, yes, I may, might return 18 or 19 times, but I'm not going to be, like, you know, cookie dry and, like, sit next to you and, like, fix this. You know, fix that. <laughs> no, I'm not ordering you around. I'm what I'm when I'm leading the team and when I'm doing that, I'm expecting you to talk back and not talk smack, but it's talk back. It's just like, <laughs> let's talk. Let's figure out. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Let's um, figure out what the problem is. Right? So explain me your train of thought exactly. And what was your intention maybe your intention was good and maybe there's no other way to solve it but that you know dirty way and then we have to like put a comment put a bow on it and just leave it as is but maybe we need maybe we can do it better and easier so and that's where i come in with if i have more experience to the junior i can at least show him like how to fix that or maybe they didn't know something or you know something easy like that <clears throat> Yeah, so I think in my situation, um, there there was a couple times where I would change something and then it would be like enough of a rewrite that I change a lot of things. And so then that triggers like I've written something new that then it gets picked on and oh, you need to change that. And I understand that part. But uh, in my case, sometimes it would be like moving a button a little bit and then I do another uh, pull request or another commit and then it's okay now move like change this text or something and like little changes like that that make me insane. That would make um, me not, crazy too. Not necessarily like okay I wrote this method or something and they're like okay well now that you've written this new method can you go and change this line in it. That makes a little bit more sense but the kind of like death by a thousand cuts of change this little thing change that little thing nitpick this nitpick that don't use an underscore here capitalize this like having those things all together is much more, I guess, uh, it, it's easier to deal with it 
when you just have a, a running list of like small changes as opposed to spreading that out over a bunch of different reviews. Yeah, I mean, on the front end, it's more cutthroat because it, the front end is more visual, right? You can see stuff uh, as opposed to the back end. So I understand, like, yeah, I would give you a list of things that you need to change. And there's a story behind that. Like, the first company I worked at, the one of the main guys that was, like, up there in the, the, the management and stuff like this, he was a designer. He still is. I mean, he's been doing that for forever. But he's a web designer. He knows web. He knows how to write CSS. He knows how to design a web page. And he sends you a picture, and that's pretty much, here's a picture, here are the elements, build it, right? And that's that's how we built the pages, and that's, you know, you slammed it on. And yeah, we got those requests moving left and right, but he was always, like, visual about it and showing it. And to me, that was like, okay, I never took it to heart, like, that rearranging stuff on the web page way too much. I always took to heart, like, the way I... Uh, wrote things and which kind of brings me to the next point is like how how other developers respond kind of in a way to to my uh, to my like code reviews and my things that i do and i kind of recognize myself as well that i did the same thing and then you know i, I kind of learned and figured out and um there are three basic types of uh, behaviors kind of this. maybe four four yeah. first one is wasn't me i inherited this so that that's the first type <laughs> so whenever you say like look what's going on wasn't me i inherited this and then i like okay right click annotate and then i look at the um and it tells me like <laughs> who wrote the line and i'm like look it says your name right here so it's like with your last check-in like i can show you even the the old you know, get the, blame get blame right <laughs> exactly so i was like you know and uh, the other one is the rules lawyer which you know the person knows clean code but knows too much of clean code <laughs> if i put it like that because you know rules lawyering is i play magic the gathering as well in my spare time so it's rules lawyering when someone like dictates the rules like according to rule 19 <laughs> paragraph 345 you shouldn't cast your card with blah 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 right and i don't like people and <laughs> the magic but i don't like people like that also as well like when a clean code like because the reason for it, like I said before, like not every code is clean. And there's like examples. There's a great article I, I'll even share it with you guys uh, to put it in show notes where clean code is good, but how much clean code is good. So this guy had a bad experience of it. And just to put it the simple thing, like imagine like the example I said before, adding two numbers. Like, so instead of like you, you have a function add and you send it two parameters like A and B and just adds them and returns the result, right? But imagine if that function was instead of adding two number, then A is some function getting the A, then B is some function getting the B, and then you have the whole function C that gets everything else and then pulls it out. So you're atomizing stuff way too much. And that kind of creates complications. So in that article, it kind of explains it better. And it's with the video game development, I think, if I remember. But so even too much rules can be a bad thing. And that's where the senior developers also come in, where we think. So, yeah, that's also the thing when you think that we are doing it wrong or we're something wrong. We're thinking something of the architectural 
size that might force you to write the code a certain way. So that's why some, some rules are meant to be bent. But juniors usually, like when they react to certain rules, then you need to explain the bigger picture of it and how it deals. And if you don't have an explanation, probably it might even be wrong. And then you can change the entire architecture because of that. So, and that's the, that's why I like talking with junior developers as well, because I want to hear their train of thought and stuff like that, because I might pick up on something that I haven't picked up when I'm thinking of the big picture or when thinking of the architecture. Uh, so third way that people kind of react is kind of emotionally hurt. They take it to heart way too much. And know this, even I don't write the code the same way I'm writing in my company, the way I'm writing it at home when I'm doing my own projects. And the reason for it is, you know, I have my own way, the, the way to write the code and I like it that way, but I can't apply it at a certain company because either the business rules are that, or it already had established certain rules that were written and you don't want to break that and you don't want to change that. And, um, so that's, that's also, you should never take it to heart. You should always, uh, think of it as that way. So there might be business rules, there might be architectural rules, there might be that something we're not seeing at the moment, and it's up to you to point that out, right? And the fourth one is just being scared. And they're scared so much that they didn't even want to say hello. So <laughs> or when I started, th so I had that problem when a manager pulled me in and like, look, you know, tone down, like, you know, they're being scared of you and you're being like too you know, stout or too, I don't know, too, not aggressive, but I'm not, a, I mean, I'm loud, but I'm not <laughs> aggressive. So, um, and they took it the wrong way, but that's also where I realized that I was doing something wrong. So I had to backpedal and realize. So just bottom line is both of us, I mean, both of us, even seniors and juniors are working towards the same goal, revising, and I'm learning from juniors, juniors are, have to learn something from me as well. And I mean, it's my job for to teach them and to you know, transfer the knowledge. So it's a win-win for, for all. Yeah, so um, I think the the main point there is that you know you shouldn't take it personally, obviously, and it should be a back and forth. It shouldn't be like uh, just a hit list of things like go change this, this, and this, and then done. Um, that teachable moment, like where you get the code and you look at it, and you're like, mm, this could be better. We could do this. We could abstract this, or uh, this could be tighter, or whatever. You know, pulling that person in and saying, uh, you know, Marco you should write it, uh, put this method in another spot, break this method up into smaller methods. Um, that's where, uh, some of that learning and, um, teamwork can be built because now, you know, a lot of development is, you know, you sit at your desk and you get your headphones on or whatever, and you're coding. And then you don't really get a lot of that interaction with the team all the time. Um, but during a code review, that's kind of the point, like you're saying, you ask the person, Hey, what were you thinking when you wrote this in a nice way, you know, <laughs> and that's your opportunity to kind of bond a little bit as a team and kind of understand, you know, maybe the, the bigger picture, you know, where we're going with this project or, uh, how we're going to use this thing down the road or, or something like that. And not only that, but as a senior developer, you might pick up some tricks from, you know, a junior developer that's, you know, maybe read some article or is out there, you know, 
doing tutorials and stuff that you don't have time for because you're doing code reviews and writing your own code. So um, there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of opportunity for that uh, during code reviews. So it's not really something that you should be scared of or um, have a lot of anxiety over or take it personally and kind of internalize all this criticism. It's just kind of the nature of the business. And it's, if anything, an opportunity to learn more things. Yeah, exactly. And I even, uh, so for now, I mean, I use it only when I return someone's code like way too many times. So the another method that I use then in CodeRoo is just I put in a time slot. Okay, I'm going to sit with you for an hour and we're going to work on this task together. Pair programming, basically. Which, I don't know, a lot of people cringe about it, but to me, that was really effective. Like, it was really good. Uh, I mean... I was doing my thing explaining to him then you know him or her uh, and then other way around i was looking what that person was doing and programming at the time and then i was making comments and like okay why are you doing that and and basically uh we blasted through that task together and both of us like i listened to him i learned how the developer thinks but at the same time, we got the task accomplished and there were no code review. I mean, there was a code review, but it was like immediately accepted. So, so, so in that way, you know, it was both of us got something out of it. And that's the point. I'm, uh, I'm, my job is to teach you the, the rules and teach you of team ethics because you also have to think like when you're writing code like that, you have to think of other people. You have to think of someone coming in your code and uh, reading it, right? So there was one one particular like conversation that I had uh, with the commented out code, because when I see commented out code, I'm like, get rid of it right away. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. don't need yeah. you don't need commented out code. So and I have version I, control, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and not not just that, but we got into an argument where uh, the person was determined that it's good because they needed a quick way to test it out but it's a feature that's not yet available and i'm like okay hang on each feature is not yet available yes why not create a jira task in the main branch and have it there just sit and then we can branch out and create a branch for that feature only and then you can test it out there if you needed to so you can jump back and forth if you need to sync up the branches just pull that in and you know it's all okay we have a clean code base you have that feature saved and we even have a paper trail where you can work on it and not forget about it. That's the same like the to-do comments, like to-do, add thing here, right? It yeah. never happens. Like I, when I run into like, <laughs> I run into my own to-dos and like it says to do something and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking back then? I don't even know. Like, so that's, that's the thing. Like you leave a to-do, but it's pointless when you leave it inside of a code. And also I had, like, you guys don't know, before the repo stuff and before it came in, uh, how did they do version control? Do you guys know? Uh, wasn't it called um, SVN or something like that? Where it... No, no, even before that. I'm talking oh. old school mm, way. I like, don't know. Uh, so they, like, in the beginning of the file, they put, like, okay, date, and then, like, a feature name or whatever, who worked on it and stuff like that. So it's like a block of comments that explain how what was done in the file on a certain date yikes so imagine like hundreds of those 
changes wow. on one file. So it's just scrolling like crazy for days. And, you know, that's one of the examples because I had that file like in, in the company because it was like that old, right? And I, with that person, and I showed him like, okay, look. <laughs> See <is> this? A... <laughs> <laughs> that's See insane. This? Yeah, it is. So that was... But that, at the time, they didn't know any better. I mean, that was, you know, there wasn't internet, probably there wasn't any, um, so they had to do some kind of local version, at least to let people know what has been changed or stuff like that, release notes and stuff like that. So that's what I mean. Like, you know, clean code is a relatively recent thing when you think about it. It's not the whole, you know, principle of clean code, and it's probably going to get even better, and there are new rules, and people learn. It's the same like design patterns, and, you know, they're built based on certain experiences from people and how they build stuff. And the design pattern is the other thing to me that's also amazing. Like when you, when you, uh, you recognize, when you start recognizing them, it's kind of amazing how many you know patterns can you put in like in your application, even without realizing it. So that's, that's also, but that's another, <laughs> another topic. Another episode. <laughs> yeah. Another episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, only scratch the surface of some design patterns, but I can say that having worked in a, a code base and like just a microservice or something, having some of that separation of like, you know, uh, like views and controllers and, and that sort of thing, um, models, uh, having that stuff laid out in a way so that like, let's say you're working on an API in express or something, you've got your route files and all they handle is like, query parameters and the body coming in from a, a request or something like that. And the business logic lives somewhere else that, you know, it calls a controller or something that does whatever. And then the controller talks to a service and the service interacts with the database. Isolating all those things makes it a lot easier to write tests for it. It makes it easier to go in and modify those things. If, you know, at some point you swap out like a dependency for something else, uh, I'm not going to use Axios anymore. I'm going to use fetch or whatever. Um, if you're only doing that thing in one spot, then it's really easy to swap it out versus if your code is completely flat and everything happens in the same file, now you're changing stuff all over the place. It's easy to miss things. It just becomes like a nightmare. So it, it's not really easy to see that stuff up front, but the longer you work, you know, in the industry and the bigger, scarier code bases that you get on, like you become thankful for those things instead of fearing those things. No, and yep. you shouldn't fear. I mean, even if you're in a position where you need to change something, right? You shouldn't fear it. You just grab, you know, it's like a ball of yarn, right? So you grab one piece and then you start unwinding it. And that's by that, I mean, like I said, I have my system of cleaning up code is, and I cleaned up a lot, a lot of code I have in my career. <laughs> but uh, it usually starts with the naming and that's the simplest way. And then compacting the methods and functions and that that's also but you reminded me of one more thing with the testing and that's when you write methods or functions put as little parameters in it as possible don't make a keyword soup like <laughs> 20 parameters and a function parameter um, because it's way harder to test so when you're testing that specific function instead of you know, there's a different, how many different combinations of parameters can you, you know, create? So if you have like first name, last name, uh, address, uh, I don't know, zip code, state, whatever, 
why not put them in, in like a class, like which is a person, and then you fill that information when you're doing tests. And it's way easier to test that method. It's just cleaner. So that's also one of the things. Think about the others. So especially if you're working in a big company, like that code needs to be like reviewed, yes, but that code needs to be tested, QA, you know, clients need to bring it back and stuff like that. So there are a lot of variables when you're developing code. You're not developing for yourself. And that's I think that's the the whole point of code reviews is just to get you into that team mentality. So it's not it's not no you're doing this wrong. It's like no, we want you to be a part of a team. So let's do all this together. Let's make it easier for everyone else in the in the chain. Right, yeah. So um one last thing I wanted to touch on before we jump into nerd minute, but uh that thing is constructive and destructive criticism. So we've talked a lot about like the positive aspect of code reviews and why you shouldn't be scared of them. Um, I just want to kind of end on stuff that you should look out for as a developer that is like a big red flag. Um, so right off the top of my head, I could say, you know, if they're talking about you and not the code, that's a problem. Like, you shouldn't be saying like, Marco, you're so dumb. I can't believe you wrote this code. Like, what were you thinking? Um, you know, I would expect better of a, a developer of 10 years or something like that. Attacking you as the developer is a big no, no. So that's, you know, that's unproductive. It's destructive criticism. Um, you should be talking about the code and building the person up. Like Marco, you worked really hard on this thing. Um, but can you explain to me, uh, what happened in, you know, line 40 to 50, uh, something like that. Um, do you have any thoughts on that or have you like been through an experience like that where you've had kind of a, a bad boss or a bad manager? Um, do you have any tips for, for things like that? So I had, uh, I had both, both ways. I had bad experience. I had good experience. And like I said before, the, the, to me, at least what I see in myself when I'm like sitting down with developers and explaining to me the best method that worked is the, the, like, okay, explain me your thoughts okay, here's a counterexample why your thing doesn't work. I don't mean it in a mean way. Don't get that wrong. It's just like, so it's like, for example, I pass, if I pass a null parameter, what's going to happen? You know, is the function going to blow up or not? Or simple stuff like that. Or if I pass three and because of number three, something happens magically, uh, explodes, you know, that's a counterexample. And that's what I mean. So, and I'm trying like I said, I'm tr trying to understand what you're doing, and I'm also trying to, you know, through examples to show you why a thing is good or bad. But like I said, it's easier, way easier to prove something is wrong than something is correct, because you would have to prove every scenario that is correct. But if I show you one bad example, then everything falls falls like a house of cards. But there's also bad, destructive criticism which you mentioned is like you did this you uh it's your fault you know you're a bad programmer and stuff like that's first of all it's not professional second if you're facing that i would go around it i would try to to talk someone to talk to the manager so hr at least or if you can get to a person above and talk about those issues and explain it because that that's no way to do code reviews but like i said also i'm learning a lot like through doing others people code reviews i changed a lot ever since i started 
of this. And every time I'm doing code reviews, I'm altering my approach because it's a learning experience. Like I said, for both of us, I'm also learning. I've been doing this for a couple of years actively that I'm like doing code reviews and working with developers. Uh, and it's a learning process for me as well. And also, you can also try talking to that specific manager if it's destructive criticism and try to explain why, you know, why is it destructive? Because it's not, you know, it's not my fault. Maybe, you know, something, even I have brain farts every once in a while and write something <laughs> that when I get back to it, I'm like, hope no one saw this. Let me fix it. <laughs> and so we're all human and we understand. And it's not like chasing you with a stick and beating you. It's just, you know, if I run into something, it's my job to keep the code clean and it's my job to point that out to you to 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 think like i said it's a team effort so the whole point of the code reviews and clean code and architecture and stuff like that is to get everything in check and in sync so it would be easier for other developers to work on your code and you to work on other developers code because i i personally i i hate being con, uh, confined in one space i uh, you know if I'm doing, like, if I'm working on the same page, for example, for three months, like, I get tired of it. I, I would like to jump yeah. around the system and do different stuff just to just to change it up a bit, right? If you're doing the same routine every day and saying, I get bored. And, and I'm sure other developers get bored. And I don't want other developers to do that. I want them to, you know, walk around freely. Like, okay, you're working on payments today but tomorrow like you're going to work on the search engine and you'll be like okay cool yeah so switches it up and it's easier for them to you know keep them interested and you know learning something new and every time you also put them on a new project maybe there's a new technology there that they haven't worked with so so i think it's a good good thing to have like a reason to have criticism constructive criticism destructive right, criticism right. either if it's really that bad either try talking to the hr and stuff like that or try and talking to the person first if they understand i mean what is worse you being miserable or because of in, in an environment like that and to me that's a toxic environment if i think about it mm -hmm. or you being like happy or content Yes, not all the rules are perfect. You know, yes, we're not naming the variables the way you like. Yes, we're not doing the code, <laughs> way, but at least you know the rules, right? But if someone's just being mean to you just because, that is, to me, that is bad. So, yeah, I know that there's uh, those situations are out there. And another one that uh, kind of came to mind when you were talking was um, if you have a manager that's calling you out in front of other people or in front of like the entire team, like Eddie, why'd you write this code like this? I can't believe Marco has to put up with this code base because of what <laughs> you wrote. Like, like that's a huge red flag and you should yeah. like talk to that person and say, Hey, that's not cool. Uh, they should obviously know better than to do that as a manager. Um, but that, that's not an environment that anybody should have to work in. So, um, definitely look out for yourself. Uh, make sure that the environment that you're in is, um, building you up as a developer and not tearing you down. Um, and just kind of be your own advocate and make sure that you're in a place that's going to help you, uh, grow as a developer and not, you know, make you regret becoming a developer, uh, to, to put it another way. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And, um, 
was about to, yes, whenever I'm doing, I'm doing them publicly, by the way. So when I'm talking to another developer, when they're trying to explain some things and when we go through an example and I throw in a counter example, uh, the way when I'm doing it, like other developers start gathering around us, which to me is also a good environment as well, because they caught up on the story and they caught up like what we're dealing with. And I always have like welcoming, like, okay, come on, join in. Let's, let's all of us discuss this problem. So it's like a mini, mini standup, like, you know, 30 seconds to two minutes of a standup where we kind of discuss one of the problems and we try to get it fixed. And usually that's kind of the environment that, you know, I like to build and that I enjoyed where, because if you can turn that quote unquote negative thing, bad code smell or whatever, it's not too standard thing. If you can turn it into a learning experience for everyone else, so everyone can pick something out of it, then I think we we're doing our job good right or on on the other hand you have like someone screaming like you did this this wrong first of all that person <laughs> would feel bad the other person will also feel bad because you're yelling at someone there and you know you're wondering if you're next or not and that's <laughs> and i've been in that situation where i was being yelled at like for you know five minutes straight while I, other person just standing next and i mean they can't do anything right yeah. So, but that's how I fixed my, my thing. I went to the manager and then, you know, HR, I mean, and then we talked it out and, you know, in the end it turned out good. I mean, because, you know, I expressed myself and you, and that's also the thing, right? I think a bit of a side, sidetrack, but developers, I hate to say it, but most of the developers are not, we're not a communicative breed we are kind of closed in we're smart we can solve a lot of problems but not a lot talk and we need to talk and we need to practice the skill non-stop you need to be heard right so that's why also through the code reviews like i said i'm trying to make the other person talk like explain me your train of thought talk with me just you know i'm not you know i don't want to scream at puppets right so i just i, just, I want interaction like i want uh, you know i want to want you to challenge me like tell me like why is it believe in the code believe in the thing that you that you wrote right fight for it so that's that's pretty much my i know i went on a tangent but <laughs> I, I think that's i think cool. it's a useful. Bit, i mean i mean i think it's helpful helpful to the other developers and i hope they find find this topic useful so yeah i, I kind of like the idea of having a if everybody has the time uh to pull everybody into a code review and say like hey guys let's discuss this and um i work on a remote team so uh we jump in a like a, a video chat or something and kind of like we're on skype now uh get like four or five people in the call and just say like okay here's what i'm working on what do you guys think here's the code and just get ideas, you know, from different people. Well, you should try this or you should try that. Um, it works out really well. So even if you're not in person and can like physically grab somebody by the scruff of the neck, like, Hey man, come over here and look at this. Um, just having that collaboration, uh, in your team is a good thing. Um, as long as it's constructive and it's, you know, about improving the code base and not, Listen, guys, we need to have a meeting because of Eddie again. You know that. <laughs> Why that, that's, it always me? <laughs> it's always you. Um, 
Eddie. I have to pick on Eddie. He's, he's so quiet all the time. Uh, uh, but yeah, the uh, the collaboration is, is a good thing. It, it, and communicating is a good thing. So that's the kind of stuff you should be looking for in teams if you're applying for jobs. Like, how do you guys work through a problem? Do you jump on a call? Do you collaborate? Do you sit in a corner and cry for a while? Like, what's <laughs> the process? Um, the, the open channel of communication is, is really important. It is. I mean, like I said, we need to practice it, and we need to practice it a lot. I, I mean, practice and look at me now. I can't stop talking like for forever. That's, <laughs> shut up, Mark. Uh, shut up. So, but yeah, no, you shut up. But no. Um, but like I said, it's it's just a skill. I mean, you need to practice it, and you need to have your voice heard. And if you don't, you know, that's also one of the devices. If you don't say anything how you're feeling or you're not appreciating of how you're being treated or how someone's reviewing your code. If you don't say anything, nothing's going to happen. So yes, you need to say something. I mean, you know, in order to, you need to fight. I mean, basically <laughs> you need to fight. Yeah, sounds, I don't know if way I... too like aggressive, but no, you need, you know, to, like I said, you need to believe in what you're writing the code. You need, you know, to protect it. Like if, I say that it's bad, like you need to say, you know, why it's not, or, you know, it's a, it's a constant battle, but through that battle, we learn a lot. And I learned, like I said, I want to learn your train of thought. You want to learn my train of thought and we need to find a common ground where, you know, both of us can work on. So that's, that's the whole point. I don't want to offend anybody out there, but a saying that I've heard and kind of internalized is silence is consent so if you're not doing anything and you just sit there and deal with it uh, nothing's going to change you're kind of consenting to it so stand up for yourself say something go talk to your manager go talk to your boss don't i mean unless it's super bad and then like by all means let your pink slip do the talking or your uh your notice do the talking um but yeah stand up for yourself go talk to somebody um don't put up with a bunch of junk uh as a developer just because you're too scared to say anything or too scared to do anything about it. Yeah, I'm great. 100% agreed. <laughs> so. Cool. So, uh, Marco, uh, I think we're, we're getting ready to move into Nerd Minute. But before we do, uh, I just want you to, to tell us really quick about the Backend Bear podcast. Well, it's a podcast where... I talk about programming stuff. It's kind of solo thing. I try to bring, like I had you in one episode uh, and as a guest. Um, but it's basically a programming podcast where I try to transfer all the knowledge that I gained so far as like a senior and a team lead and try to teach like all you know younger developers, juniors and mids and kind of help them move up in their career. And also, I want to learn about the lifestyles of other developers, how they're living, how what they're doing, how how they're managing their time. Because God knows, like I I'm, I'm nonstop doing things. Like I think my middle age crisis started early with me because I want to do everything. <laughs> like and and um, you know, I'm just trying to manage my own life, and then I want to learn from other people how they're you know dealing with their life day to day and programming and kind of that's pretty much it like programming lifestyle and like teaching programming and and yeah have fun with it right so so that's at backendbearpodcast.com yes backendbearpodcast.com um i try to catch them on spotify itunes all that good stuff yeah spotify itunes uh google play um i threw 
as much as I could, like as many platforms as I could. And currently <laughs> I'm on a like slower schedule than usual, but hopefully like after uh, I clean up some things and, you know, have a lot of projects that I'm working on on the side and finish that up and hopefully I can get back to more like uh, frequent episodes. And like I said, there's already one, one of the pipeline. I just need to sit down and record and Ooh, that's awesome. about the cleaning cleaning up the code base so it can be a, like a continued episode of this one <laughs> where i go more <laughs> into details about it and what i do and how i approach it and what are the kind of typical mistakes that developers make so i'll throw out my personal recommendation uh so i've listened to um obviously i listened to the one that i was on so listen to that one if you're into that uh but i listened to the one where you interviewed jared Porcenaluk, uh, <laughs> who, who does the iot meetup here in orlando that one's phenomenal. Uh, Jared's a really awesome guest. We hope to have him on Tech Junior at some point. Um, and then another one that I liked was the episode that you did on legacy code bases, uh, where you just kind of talk through um, working on a legacy code base and kind of your approach to dealing with that. Kind of some of the stuff that you went through on here today. Um, but that was a, a good one. I, I put it on when I was mowing the lawn and I was just kind of chilled out, <laughs> listened to Marco's smooth tones uh, <laughs> while I was mowing and kind of ruminating on old code bases. So, uh, check it out at backandbearpodcast.com. Awesome. Ooh. Thank you. I'm blushing here. So like, yeah, but. <laughs> don't cry on me. So yeah, at the end of every show, we do a little segment called nerd minute, uh, where we talk about anime or books or video games or clean code or whatever it is <laughs> that, that you're into. So Marco, you're the guest. Uh, what are you into lately? Oh, a lot. So games, as far as games goes, like I have a huge backlog that I haven't finished yet. So I still want to finish the new Star Wars game. The, uh, uh, okay. What is the Jedi? Not Jedi Fall, Fallen, Fallen Order? Fallen Order. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes. And trying to finish that one and halfway through. Now I'm playing Destiny with friends every once in a while. So uh, cool. Destiny 2 became a thing. But what I did, it was yesterday. I don't know when this episode is going to air, but... Uh, there was a screening of Tokyo Godfathers. And for me, it's an anime movie from 2003, but they did a re- remake after uh, Satoshi Kon's um, death. It's been a decade, I think, since he died. And he did, like, Paprika, if anyone who's in Perfect Blue, I think, and um, Tokyo Godfathers. And I, I never seen this movie and it was for me. It was the first time yesterday, and they were doing like uh, showing it at the theater, and I really enjoyed it. I loved it so much that uh, I highly recommend it. If you if you can find it, watch this movie. If you haven't watched it, I mean they're advertising it as like a, a Christmas movie, but it's not. It's not a Christmas movie. It's a really, it's a human movie. Let me put it like that. It's really good, really good story, uh, captivating. Um, Besides that, yeah, band, uh, we're recording now and getting ready for our first uh, release still. I mean, it's been going on for a while, but now we're rushing into it. We want to release some kind of EP and we start playing more around. And um, That's cool. What else? Awesome. Yeah, and some project that I'm working on, but that's a lot of nerdy stuff. Magic I, Gathering, right? I just want to ordered a bunch a, of cards. <laughs> uh, Tokyo Godfather is what you said it's called. Mm-hmm. Okay, was it Tokyo dubbed or subbed? Um, <laughs> I know Lee doesn't. <laughs> that's like a loaded stuff. question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's an uh, um, no subtitled. So. Okay, cool. 
I'm, I'm more of a subtitle fan, so not a dub fan. But As you should be. No. Well, I, but it's a loaded question. That's why I said like a lot of people like are protecting dubbed versions, and but I'm I don't I like know. I just like. You like well, dubbed? Yes, I like there dubbed. You. Eddie, save five actors. This. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The so. thing with dubbed is it's the same actors, and also like it's terrible. I, I don't know the, I the Japanese that. actors. Just I don't know. It, it feels like they bring not that you know, voice actors are awful or whatever, but it can be hit or miss with the, the dub version. Um, I've only come across a few different um, anime where the actual Japanese voices were like grating and I couldn't stand it. And I had to do uh, the dubs. So like, um, what was the one? First of all, Dragon Ball, like Goku's Japanese voice can't do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's that's like bad. really whiny. I've and never weird. heard it. Uh, I think I was, when I was playing Dragon Ball Z fighters, I played through the story a little bit and they have the original Japanese, uh, voice actors. And I like, what the, what the hell's going on with Goku's voice? It, <laughs> it sounds like somebody that like inhaled helium. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're voice acting. Yeah. But they like, uh, like, the the Naruto, like oh. N- Naruto is also like bad to me. Like, English okay. dubbed. So yeah. I the like English the one is, is terrible. I like the Japanese more. They say it gets better with time, but I I, I, I can stand that long. Yeah. But yeah, it's I just a pref- that, personal yeah. preference. To me, like when I'm hearing it in the Japanese, it's kind of more emotional, so I can get more behind the emotion that the character is portraying. Sometimes when they do those dubs, to me, it's like lifeless. You know, I get that. Like I said, yeah, it, it's, I, it's very wooden. Yeah. So you have the five actors who just got the script, and you know, I don't. Th- I don't know if they can pick up on, on. So I don't know how it works behind the scenes. I would love to know that honestly, how they dub uh, episodes. But as far as I heard, it's pretty cutthroat and pretty like they're uh, when the anime or movie comes out, <clears throat> they have a a week or something like that. They get it a week before the release, so they have to uh, dub it really fast. So. Uh. That so that's sense. why that's why the quality is not up to par, probably, and they cannot put as much effort in it. That makes but sense. That's what I kind of heard about it. Yeah, the other uh, anime that just came to me, Black Clover, the main character from Black Clover in Japanese, <laughs> cannot listen to it. Uh, makes me insane. So I know you guys. Why is it? I haven't watched too. that one. Is it like? <laughs> okay, so it's it's really both. But uh, if you get a chance, look up on YouTube like Black Clover or something, and watch a little bit of it in Japanese, and you'll immediately see what I'm talking about. <laughs> you don't like the like high pitched voice, or is yeah, it... it's like a super like it's really whiny sounding, which is not something that you want to listen to from the main character of a series. Like every episode, I have to listen to that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Eddie, what do you got as far as Nerd Minute? Um, I've been watching uh, Clone Wars. Uh, the last season is like out now. I think they're up to the third episode. I have not watched the third one, but the first two were pretty good. So I've gone back and watched them the, uh, like season one and two. Um, I, I never watched it when it was new. Um, but I've been getting into it and I kind of like it. Um, there's a really good episode and I think it's toward the end of season two um, that uh, it takes place on Mandalore. Um, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, and there's a lightsaber in it that was, I, I don't want to spoil the end of the Mandalorian, but <laughs> uh, 
there's a little piece of that in there too and they there's you get a little bit of extra like um like lore uh from based on what that lightsaber is and where it comes from which is really cool to see that connection and see how it's been a long time since i mean season two came out i don't know when this show originally aired but it was a long time ago um and it's, it's cool to see that been, clone wars tv show has been out for it's at been least a while 15 years yeah has it been that long it's, yeah like wow. it's been i mean it depends what the 3d one <coughs> yeah, yeah 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 the 3d one not the 2d one yeah it's been a while i'm thinking back to know. the 2d one uh, oh no i'm talking about 3d the 3d uh Speaking speaking of things Disney, I forgot the most important thing I've been watching lately is <laughs> Ducktales. So the oh. the 2017 <laughs> one, the 2017 show, seventeen. Oh, the new one, the new one, right? Uh, and there's I'm, a new Ducktales. Yeah, yeah. It's in 2017, so if you have like Disney Plus or something like you can you can watch it there. But um, and the reason I watch it, I don't know. I don't know why I started watching. It. I, I like <laughs> Ducktales before, but. It's like a perfect medium for me. It's like 20 minutes when I sit down in front of a computer and want to relax. It's just like 20 yeah. minutes. And and the writing is good on it. I have to say, there's like, you know, funny moments and stuff like that. So it's a good written show. And, and it's DuckTales. How can you go wrong? <laughs> Ooh. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone back it. and watched a lot of like, uh, with my kids, uh, like Darkwing Duck. Gargoyles. And, and Gargoyles, yeah. Ooh, Gargoyles. Um, what else? Tailspin? Uh, not till I was never a Tailspin fan, but um, Come on. Chippendales. Okay. Chippendale. Yeah. Uh, I like the song for Chippendale is really good. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Fair enough. Yeah, it's really good. Did you Did you have a crush on the blonde mouse? No. <laughs> Don't lie. No. no. <laughs> okay. I'm guessing you did. <laughs> no, but I've I've seen I've been on the internet long enough to oh, know that a lot yeah. of people did. Okay, that makes Have sense. a crush on the blonde mouse. Um, cool. So that's a, a weird note, but on that segue, <laughs> uh, I've been into a game called, uh, slay the spire that I've been playing oh. on steam. So Marco, you mentioned you're a magic, the gathering fan. Uh, I'm also a fan of that. I played the heck out of magic, uh, in grade school, but was not able to keep up with the cards and, you know, going out and, and playing and trading and buying packs and whatnot. Uh, so slay the spire is a card game. Yeah. Uh, it's a roguelike, um, it's kind of like an RPG mixed with a strategy deck building card game mm-hmm. where as you uh, fight battles, you slowly gain cards to incorporate into your deck. And so there's a lot of like strategy built into it and, you know, a fair amount of like random number generator shenanigans to keep things interesting. Um, I don't know. I've just really enjoyed it. So I play it on a uh, steam on PC. Oh, I'll check it That's out. Cool. Oh, okay. Add it to your pile of shame. Yeah. <laughs> You AKA should look. Backlog. You should look behind me. Like there's like a huge desk with a bunch of cards. <laughs> it's oh, like wow. that I'm sorting out, and that's that's one of the things with magic. Like you're sorting cards nonstop, and like constantly like you know, fidgeting around. But it's kind of relaxing, like solitaire. So yeah. uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like I said, I, I gave up long ago on on keeping up with the the uh, all the sets coming out every year. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's even gotten crazier. They're been releasing so many sets; it's not even funny. So every like two months, there's a new set for some something. Right? So you're getting Good new cards, and you can't even play them in time. Like by the time like I sort out and gather all the cards, I forgot like 
three sets I haven't played anything from it. So, oh, wow. so I mean, with my time schedule and stuff like that, so I, you know, it's not. Do you ever play uh, daily? Do you ever play Magic Arena? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. <clears throat> That's like a quick game usually, and I build like some kind of aggro deck where I can, and it's a quick match, so it's fun. So whoever like wants a quick fix of magic and not get into cardboard, they should de- definitely download that. And um, you know, for ten twenty bucks probably or nothing, you can play it for free if you want to grind it. But yeah, That's it's cool. a it's a fun fun game and quick. So yeah, and if you're into that, um, you're kind of curious about magic, go download Magic the Gathering Arena and uh, play a few matches of that and see what you think of it. All right, yeah, cool. Definitely. Cool. So uh, I think we can wrap it up there. Uh, thank you so much, Marco, for coming on the show. It was yeah, a blast having you. you. Yeah, thank you, guys. It was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So check out uh, Marco's podcast, Back in Barrett, backinbarrettpodcast.com or on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts are sold. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Tech Junior. The music for this episode is created by Marco. So uh, kudos to Marco if you like these tracks. I personally think they're pretty dang awesome and a great change from uh, the standard music we've been using that I wrote. So uh, yeah, hope you enjoy that. Next week, we're going to be talking to Jared Porcenaluk, who is the Orlando IoT meetup organizer and a pretty awesome IoT resource and DevOps engineer. And if you don't know what those acronyms mean or terms, check out the episode next Wednesday because we're going to dig into all of that and answer all your questions. If you want to support the show, check out our website at techjr.dev, that's techjunior.dev, and sign up for our newsletter. Check out our Patreon, maybe buy a t-shirt or a sticker or something. Anyway, um, thanks again for listening. Share with all your friends. Do all the things. We appreciate you. Bye.